Pat, so man, everyone's going back to school right now. Teachers are gearing up. I think some teachers are already in school. We start tomorrow. Um, people are still all over the place. And I've been thinking a lot about, like, you and I know a lot about AI, and the people we've been talking to know a lot about AI, but our colleagues we've been talking to are all over the place. And I was thinking that maybe maybe we, maybe we do something about, um, like, an episode just like the top five, like, be aware of these practical things about AI. What do you think about that? I think that sounds pretty useful, actually. Um, to your point about, like, teachers being all over the place, uh, you know, there are going to be some that just really just don't know what to make of it. Like, they've probably heard of it. I think most right. people have heard of it at this point. But, you know, how many have actually played with it, toyed around with it? Uh, obviously, we know a lot of our listeners probably have. Uh, but uh, we also know that within our building alone, uh, there are going to be – there's there's some massive gaps, uh, you know, learning curves that people have to kind of grapple with. And and I think to the extent that we can, just some to your point, like a basic kind of outline uh, – or not even outline, just points to be aware of – so that when you're in the classroom and you start encountering it, you at least have some some bearing. You have some some sort of context, um, and uh, and that might kind of give you, give you a little bit of grounding uh, for the school year. All right, great. This is the Bop Brothers AI for Educators. I'm Mike Pearson, and I'm Pat Burns. All right, for, for me, Pat, like my, if, if I had to do top five, I think, I think like in kind of rank importance going from five, if you do a countdown list, okay. I think the fifth one would be that no matter what your school is doing, students are going to be using AI. Maybe not in school, maybe on their phones at school, but certainly a significant amount of them are going to be um, doing it at home. Yeah, well, for sure. Well, and, and not even that necessarily at home. They'll be doing it in the hallways or like, right, yeah. you know, uh, on their, on ne- their, their next class. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have their cell phones on them. I, I know that our school is trying to really, I imagine a lot of schools are trying to uh, find ways to manage cell phone uh, use and what have you and try to restrict it. And, and some schools do it better than others. But in, in our situation, our school allows them in the building so that it puts uh, a certain amount of pressure on teachers to try to, or uh, extra level of management, frankly. And so... We're trying to figure that out, but we know the students are going to be utilizing this stuff here and there uh, on the fly. So it's not just simply at home. It's just like just kind of right. it's ubiquitous, I guess, is the thing. So regardless of what a school does, whether they have clamped down or not, because that's become a thing, like it's just it's it, it's in the ether, right? It's right. Just, it's it's just out there. It, it's like it's like the internet. Like everyone's got the internet at home. Like yep. This is this is the kind of the same thing. Some kids don't have it though, right? So. So it's something, something to, something to think about. Something you can't control, but something that's definitely out there in the air. So, like when you hit your classroom, your kids are already using ChatGPT and a slew of other AI programs. Um, number four, because of that, if you have not been using AI, you need to you need to jump on there, get a ChatGPT account. It's free for th- version three point five. Don't be afraid of it. Just just jump in there and start playing. You know, this is something we've talked about in the past. I remember when we first started the podcast. Uh, that idea of fear was something we we talked about oh, yeah. in a whole episode, yep. um, and you know the fears go away once you start playing with it because I think it's it's always it always comes back to that idea of like we always fear or we oftentimes fear the unknown. Yep. And until you can kind of just sit down and start kind of playing around with it, whether it's whether it's with ChatGPT, whether it's with Bing, whether it's with you know some of these programs that are out there, whether it's like EduAid or Magic School, there's a bunch of great programs out there. Just start playing around with it. You'll see what it can do. You start kind of testing its capabilities and its limitations because uh, it does have some. 
Uh, but boy, does it, it, it does so many more things uh, that are going to be great and helpful for you. Uh, but yeah, just try not to be afraid of it. And to your point, yeah, just jump right in. Yeah, and, that, and that's a good point. There are some, some uh, teacher-friendly AI pl plug apps that work on chat GPT or other large language models. And one that you said, Educade, uh, EduAid AI and Magic School, like you can try those out. But I still urge you, get a chat GPT account and play with it and see what your students are going to do as well. Um, if you haven't, if you haven't really explored it, it's going to kind of knock your socks off, and you'll think that the world's coming to an end. But it's not. We assure you. But definitely play with it. Yeah, great. For sure. Great. So let's look, look at number three. What do you have for that, Mike? Um, number three, I've got. With all of that, you should. If you have not been thinking about it, and people are all over the place with this, Pat. Um, even school districts, school districts are trying to figure this out. You have to start thinking about some sort of AI policy. And I know yesterday we talked to some of our, our district people and they said, you know, you can't use the word policy because that's a school board decision. And they, they suggested that you have like, guidelines, I guess. Right. Right. So, for right. example, like in my classroom, like I'm going to with with my students, I'm going to say kind of like kind of a T chart like this is where it would be acceptable to use, like ethical to use. And this is where it's not, you know, so to do a whole assignment, no mm -hmm. way. But to like maybe fix your grammar. Great. You know, go uh, do that. Um, so, so I think you need to kind of set the tone for like, it's, you know, it's out there, you know, it exists. We're going to use the tool in some sort of capacity. We want to use it to support our learning and our education and not just to get things done and kind of impress upon the students. And cause, cause I think we found out from talking to students that a lot of them don't necessarily like to have the AI system do their work for them. Right. You know? That's oftentimes the case. And a lot of that comes down to students wanting to have uh, the ability to have greater ownership and, and develop their voice and their own style, um, whether it's uh, writing, thinking, what have you. Um, so th there is something to that. And, and yeah, there are always going to be students who are going to try to you know, find shortcuts and what have you. But you know, we find, at least within our, our school, that, that the majority of students want to try to get it right and do it on their, on their own. Uh, one thing I want to touch back with you real quickly, though, is because you talked about the kind of district level and classroom level, there's a big kind of yeah. range in terms of, you know, whether you call it, uh, you know, policy, guidelines, guardrails, whatever term you want to use, you're going to have to, of course, think about like your context, right? Because like we have our own context, but as teachers or educators, you, what, what are the parameters within your building that are going to be acceptable or not? Because, you know, Mike, you're saying that you can kind of guide students in certain ways with it that might be acceptable, but you know, there might be other school was completely shut down, in right, which case you right. don't want to break those right. those rules. But uh, but you still have to be aware that students are going to find ways to use it. Likewise, mm -hmm. teachers are going to find ways to use it, too. So right. whether they're they're in the building or not, whether they're on a school computer or a personal computer or their own personal cell phone, like people are going to find ways to utilize this in a whole variety of capacities. Um, but just to have some sort of kind of framework that you're working off of. Uh, for, for you and your students so that you kind of are on the same page and you can try to kind of, I think really what it gets down to is kind of uh, not so much put a stopgap stop in, but to provide some sense of expectation uh, and provide some sense of like, you know, what's going to be, uh, you know, uh, okay or not okay um, you know, within your kind of local context. Um, so, you know, Pat, when you, when you said that your school might like lock it down, like our school district, because of OpenAI's policy, they have parent permission from eighth grade or sixth grade, eighth, to eighth grade, yeah. eighth grade to twelfth grade. They're 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 locking it down for now until we can get permission slips. But even if your your school is totally locking it down, it goes back to uh, you know number five on the list. Your kids are going to use it at home. 
Yeah. Right. So even if your district's got it locked down, it's probably worth a conversation. Well, and, and to, to be clear, our, our school's locking it down for students, but not for staff. Right, right, right. So there, there's nuance there. And I think that's my only point is that you need to okay. be have some nuance kind of thinking about it. And like, so take our, our top five or whatever and, and, and think about those things. But obviously you have to kind of adapt to your particular situation because everybody's situation is going to be a little different. No different than, say, when you said, hey, like how, how many, uh, you know, or, you know, you think about staff or students who are using it, they're, they're, they're on a spectrum, right? Right. Schools and their accessibility is on a spectrum too. Right, so right. That, that's all I'm trying to say. Okay. I, I follow you. All right. Yeah. So uh, number two, um, you uh, I, in, in the spring, there is, there is big hope that turnitin.com, that teachers have used for years to catch written work, that it was plagiarized. They released their plagiarism detector or their AI detector. Open Eye, Open AI, excuse me, had 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 its own like AI, you know, large language model detector, and I think it was over the summer. Open AI just shut it down because they discovered that it does not work. Um, and then, and then, Pat, you and I have had both had experiences with Turnitin that it flagged work that wasn't AI generated, um, or or work that was AI generated didn't get flagged. So in short of it, like do not trust AI detectors, like the programs that promise that they can, uh, that they can predict or they, they can uh, mm -hmm. catch AI work, right. they do not work. So don't, don't put yourself in the situation where you, where you have a kid that submitted something, you run it through a detector, and it says eighty five percent AI, and then you, and then you write them up like you're. It's going to be icky. Right? Yeah, it, it will. And, and that ickiness, it, it's just it's messy. Everything's messy right now. And I think at the end of the day, the last thing anybody wants to do as a, as an educator is to accuse a student of doing something that they didn't do. Wow, That's the worst. So I could tell you. Oh. I've got a, a you know a family member of mine. I'm not going to say which family member, but but they've told me this story that they know they still remember feeling accused of something in high school that they never did. And this is a high you know character, high quality person, uh, somebody that I really really respect, and that still eats that person up. And and it's been like 25 years. I'm like, wow, you're you're still holding on to that. And and granted, they need to let it go. But but the point being is that like if you accuse somebody of cheating, like that's a big problem. It's it's so severe in some cases. Uh, we were reading um, a, a Washington Post article from the past week. College student gets called out for plagiarism, oh, yeah. right? And what ends up happening is she's like, no, I actually didn't. I did my work, but she couldn't verify it be, in any context that the professor would have been satisfied. He had run it through uh, her paper through an AI detector that claimed that she was plagiarizing, but it was a false positive. And so what she does now, it, this, this, this is bonkers to me. This is She will literally record her entire writing process. Her, yeah, her process. It's, it's absurd. And, and it's, it's, it's going to such a length right. that it's just like, it's not tenable. It's unfair to the student. It's putting way too much yeah. pressure on an assignment like that. Um, and uh, and so, so this idea of these, these detectors, like I so badly want them to work, but I've played around with them. I literally had ChatGPT write me an essay and then I put it through zero chat GPT, and it said the entire thing was uh, human made. Like right. one, like one hundred percent was like human made. I'm like, this is bogus. Like this yeah. can't. And, and then and yet they claim that they are uh, right. really um, uh, that they're that they're I guess their efficacy rate is really high. I'm like, it might be, but I not, I can't trust it now. Right. I just can't. Well, and so so you have to go back to your if if you're a writing teacher, you have to go back to your old school writing sense where you read a kid's paper and you go. That doesn't sound like you. And then you mm -hmm. have the conversation, but don't just jump on it. Um, I think that might be a bigger issue for, for people that don't teach writing. Mm -hmm. um, and that leads me to uh, point one or number one on the list, which is some professors and teachers have taken student work 
and then copy and pasted it into ChatGPT <laughs> and asked ChatGPT if it wrote it. This totally does not work. Please don't do that. ChatGPT um, creates text. It doesn't check text, so it will make up answers. So <laughs> you could copy and paste that same text into it over and over and over and get different answers. So do not put student work into chat GPT three and a half or four and ask it if it created it because <laughs> it, it, it won't tell you. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're just living in a whole brave new world here. Oh, so totally. it's, uh, you know, it, we, we like to um, you know, kind of swim in these waters and try to make sense of it, understand it as much as we can. We know that we don't have all the answers and things are changing by the day, if not by the hour. Right. So um, you, you do what you can do, right? Try to get a, as well-informed as possible. Don't freak out over it. Don't don't overstress, but just be aware of these things and understand that that's going to be messy. But, uh, you know, teachers in your building, teachers online, uh, you know, people at your district, we're all trying to figure out how to kind of work right. through this. And, and we'll get to a point that's reasonable. I think that, um, you know, a lot of districts that are kind of clamping down are trying to take the most conservative approach, which I think is is the safe approach, but it's also ultimately, it, it is a short-term fix, right? It's not gonna it's not gonna be something that you can kind of clamp down forever. So you have to find ways to kind of engage with it. That's just the reality of yeah. it. Uh, and to the extent that you can figure that out now, uh, it puts you at a, a, an advantage, not only just, uh, just staying ahead of the curve, um, you know, for, for yourself, uh, professionally, but but it also will, I think, will be beneficial for your students. And then you can start kind of have, uh, develop your own voice on these matters and speak with some sense of authority um, as much as anyone can. Right. I think that's helpful. It almost seems like this is a great year after many tough years, but this is going to be a great year of being kind. Be kind to yourself. Kids are going to get slip some things past you. Uh, be, you know, just you're not going to catch everything. You're not going to know everything. Just be kind and just be like that old meditation um, uh, thing is where you just say, I'm doing the best I can and just do the best you can. I think we'll get through this. Um, so to reiterate, number five, students are going to be using AI um, no matter what. They're going to use it at home. They'll be using it at school on their phones. Uh, number four, start using AI. Jump into chat GPT. Start playing around so you understand how it works. Um, three, get some sort of AI guidelines or understanding of, of how, what you want to communicate to your kids. Number two, AI detectors do not work. Don't use them. Don't put yourself in that situation. And number one, AI will not detect AI work. So chat GPT will not, will not tell you if uh, paper is AI detected. And I think that's the top five that we can think of. I'm sure there's going to be more. There's more. I mean, but we just wanted, we wanted to give you a quick, like, you're ahead of the school. Maybe yep. you listen to this. Here's five things to quickly think about that we think will get you get you some mileage in your classroom. Yeah. And, and beyond that, really just try to enjoy the process. I mean, enjoy kind of the things that it can do. Uh, obviously, enjoy the new, it's a new school year. I think we're, we're well past the pandemic. You know, things have kind of resetting for a lot of schools, trying to kind of, you know, right our ship, so to speak. Uh, so there's a lot of things to be really excited about. Uh, I, I know I'm thrilled about kind of like what we can do this semester. I'm trying to experiment with some new things and uh, AI and otherwise, just right. even content-wise. So, um, you know, have fun with it. And, uh, you know, yeah, I guess we'll, yeah. we'll see you on the next episode. Yeah, have a great school year. All right, that's the Bob Brothers AI for Educators. That was just our little pragmatic little mini episode trying to help out any teachers out there as they head into the classroom with our best, most pragmatic advice we can give at this moment. As usual, 
If you like this podcast, please share it with your AI-friendly friends, neighbors, relatives, whatnot. Pass it along to teacher friends. If you have any questions, you can always contact us on Twitter, on Facebook. There's the Bot Brothers AI at gmail.com. And there's also a Google form that's on the RSS feed. All right, thanks for listening. Have a good one. Have a great school year. Bye.